0: Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where we explore what it means to be a well-rounded, happy, goal-crushing athlete. Every week, myself, sports journalist Molly Herford, and cycling coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford interview experts and chat through all of your training questions. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Peter, how's it going?
1: It's going well. I'm brewing a very large bowl of tea at the moment, so I guess I can't complain.
0: This is true. I mean, there's there's two things to point out here. One, that mug is ridiculous. Uh, I think it's like your favorite part of being down at my parents house is the large mug options. Uh, But two, you are having tea instead of coffee. You've now been off coffee for I think it's eight days, maybe nine days.
1: Well, who's counting? Honestly, um, you probably. Yeah, we got sick there. Our, you know, there's colds in the house, and then I ran out of coffee, so I sort of decided to take a break here for a week or so while we're we're down. Uh, and sort of, I don't know. I, I do it mostly. It's honestly for me. I'm sort of sloppy and and make a mess everywhere. So I find with coffee, it ends up like frustrating me more as much as I I do like it. Uh, so it's not a forever thing. But I thought it was just you know, more convenient. we'll, we'll try tea for a bit.
0: I think it's nice to, you know, try the different things every once in a while, just see how they are affecting you. I know over the years you've you've kind of played with that. We have a whole article back in 2017. We both quit coffee for a while after we both got violently ill after a stage race.
1: Definitely the time, you know, if you if you are getting sick, I know everyone's, you no, know, not everyone, but uh, anyone with kids has been having, you know, illnesses and stuff running through the house, it seems like forever. Um. If there's
0: one good time to quit things. That's, I guess,
1: what I'm trying to say, yeah, is that it's it's sometimes when you've been off of something and you forced off of it, you've had the flu or whatever, it is sort of that time if you can sort of just break the habit you're trying to get back to, you know, not make the the coffee or whatever it is you haven't been drinking. It's actually, you know, often a good time to try and make that break because you've already gone through a lot of the, the withdrawal days.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, if uh, if you have a cold, maybe now is the time to cut back Could on the thing.
1: Silver lining. <laughs> I guess. So today we thought we'd talk a bit around testing, which is, is, you know, we thought that was an interesting thing to do. But, you know, part of that was because of this this Quitter's Day and, and Blue Monday. And I had never heard of either of those terms.
0: No, I, sh- I hadn't heard of Blue Monday either until a friend told us about it on the Tuesday after it. So I was like, oh, thank goodness we didn't know about this before it happened. Because right. um, otherwise, I think I would have feeling you
1: you were down you had like toothaches and yeah again the colds in the house and so it was one of those I, i don't know if that's related that suddenly we get into flu season or something you know this far ahead of the holidays or what do you what have you seen you've done a couple articles in this direction
0: yeah it just seems like uh so blue monday is the third monday in january and i think it's it's really just that like it's sort of the first week that you're officially the holidays are over. You're back to work. Routine is back. You've been back to work for a while. Sure. But this is sort of the first week that it feels just kind of back to everything is normal again. Uh, A lot of people are you know, quitting their resolutions, all that kind of stuff. And that also leads to Quitters Day, which uh, Strava came out with a few years ago. And it's usually right around January 19th. It's just the day that most people are the most common day to be dropping off of resolutions. Uh, Any any person who spends a lot of time in the gym knows this is right around the time in January where, you know, the gym starts to empty out a little bit as people get busy. They, you know, get back to normal. They quit on their resolutions. So, Hmm. you know, while we want to talk about testing, we also just kind of want to shout out the if you did miss a day, maybe you were trying to do dry January and you had a glass of wine, Uh, you know, maybe you meant to run six days a week and you ran three last week. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there's still plenty of time left.
1: Well, and I think if we frame ourselves as athletes training for something, then you know it's easier to say this was an off day, and you know we don't have to be rigid in our, our training plans. They should evolve with us, right? So if there was a busy day, or, or you got sick, um, you know the kids got sick, then this you know this can evolve into being you know a, a deload week, a rest week, and, and you can get back into it uh, mm-hmm. that that subsequent week, that next day.
0: For sure. And just none of this is an all or nothing proposition, right? I think that the worst thing you can do is whether it's you skipped a test or you skipped a workout or you skipped a run, the worst thing you can do is beat yourself up over it and just kind of throw throw everything out, throw the training plan out the window versus just getting back to it the next day.
1: Well, and, and I've heard you say that, you know, this is information, you know, sometimes that mm-hmm. is, you know, it's, it's something you know, It gives you information that this didn't work or it isn't working or, you know, something needs to be changed, which I think, you know, is really a great reason that why we, we test. Right. And, and um, I'm, I'm fond of the idea that, you know, we get information from workouts, from off days, from, you know, everything really, right? Like if you're listening, you know, it's from conversations, Um, you know, we're getting information. So as a a coach or as an athlete, you know, you can use a lot of different things as tests. And and I guess that's part of what we're going to talk about is what is a test today, uh, but also the why.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Before we get into testing, we're going to pause for a quick word from one of our sponsors. So, Today we are talking all about AG1 from Athletic Greens, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna come right out and say it. Everyone else in this house is down with a horrendous cold, coughing up a storm, uh, you know, headaches, all this stuff. And we've both had a cold, but it has been so mild. And I'm gonna say I've been taking my vitamin D drops from AG1. I've been taking my AG1 every morning. Uh, and I think that's that's part of it. I feel like my immune system has been just functioning much better, clearly compared to everyone else in the house. Uh, but yeah, I am I'm feeling great and I am very, very happy that I have my AG1 every morning.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you get that glass of water, uh, which we love with the AG1, the travel packs, uh, which come as a bonus. Uh, if, if you subs- uh, or if you subscribe through uh, our link, you will get that along with that vitamin D.
0: Yes. And yeah, so in AG1, we're not just talking about greens, although they are in there. We're also talking about vitamins, minerals, probiotics, prebiotics, adaptogens, all the fun stuff that supports a healthy body, healthy immune system, all that fun stuff.
1: And we love the NSF rating, that third party, just to make sure that everything that's in there is stuff you want and not and things that you don't want.
0: And side note, I actually didn't realize this until I was talking to someone else the other day and doing a bit of research uh, in my other life. I do some work with USADA, which is you know the US Anti-Doping Agency. I did not realize that NSF is actually a regular certification, but then there's also NSF for sport. So NSF just checks for all of the you know heavy metals and stuff. NSF for sport actually makes sure that it doesn't have anything Like extra in it that would be a banned substance. AG1 is NSF for sport. I did check the label after I saw that.
1: I was hoping that's where you were going. Yeah, that
0: (laughs) that would have been a little problematic had I not been going that direction. But nope, it is NSF for sport, which is just very exciting to me. Uh, Yeah, so. I think
1: the other thing for me, you know, I've gone through different. Potions and powders over the years, and certainly, um, as far as greens powders goes, this is probably the uh, or is the only one that you know is is actually tasty. It's it's actually great to drink in the morning.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, if you're trying to break an orange juice habit, I highly recommend giving this a shot. It's not going to be the exact same, but it's it's a similar vibe. So just putting that out there. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of that immune supporting vitamin D that I mentioned. Tastes great too. Uh, Plus five free travel packs with your first purchase. So all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Molly H. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash Molly H to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And we'll include a link to that in the show notes as well. All right. So now that we have talked about Quitter's Day, we're through Quitter's Day. We're through Blue Monday. Let's talk testing. So maybe we should start with what is testing when we're talking about testing.
1: Sure, and I mean, I guess even just before we get remind me we're there. Uh, but I think with that New Year's thing, it's funny the questions about testing. Part of what sparked us often when we do these episodes is because you know clients are asking about stuff, or it seems to be you know thematic of the the time of year or the time and uh, you know space and time. Uh, so right now it seems, you know, it's very common we get into the new year and then we we're getting motivated and then we want to prove that our efforts for the, you know, the first two weeks of January have been worthwhile. Uh, so suddenly we're going to go do some sort of test. Uh, and then we're, we're, you know, really building this up that this is going to prove, that, you know we're we're fit enough we've our two weeks have been worth it so we want to be careful I think uh if that's you know where your enthusiasm is coming from that this is just a first step it's a brick in the uh you know fitness fireplace uh, and
0: coming back to it's just information although the the flip side and we'll get to that maybe later is the psychology of testing here and the potential benefits of getting stressed about your test but. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's for me is big. But that, so that just as a caveat like, or, or a why, why we're here and talking about this is that a lot of folks get motivated to train and then want to test or, or it's in a training plan, you know, three weeks in, they're going to take a bit of a deload week and test during that deload week. Um, so if that's where you are, that's where you are and what we'll, we'll talk about that. But that's, you know, again, the, the context here for why we're talking about this now. So you said first question was what or why?
0: Let's go. What is testing?
1: So I think let's start with what isn't testing. Ooh. So if you can't really test by heart rate unless you're just trying to find out your max heart rate and you're just going to go as hard as you can up a hill for you know a while. Um, if you just ride randomly and you know coast and and you don't have any you might call it a performance metric or an output metric, um, it, it's hard to ever do anything with it. So if you just have heart rate, that's an internal measure. You can't really say that like if my heart rate's higher today. You know then tomorrow that that's you can't there's nothing really you can draw from that so right you, so
0: oh and side note probably go back if you haven't heard our podcast a couple weeks ago that was talking about heart rate power and perceived exertion and when you should use them mm-hmm. definitely go back and give that a listen if what peter just said is sort of confusing uh just to kind of get a sense right. of when heart yeah, rate makes sense and as
1: much as i like heart rate and feeling you could certainly run at a heart rate and say okay this feels Easier or harder, but it, it's it would be confusing. You'd never be able to like. A, in fact, a fitter person running, you know, at their 140 beats. The classic example is that it actually gets harder, right? The, the classic math test is when someone starts it, they're walking, but then the very fit person almost can't like they can't almost get to that heart rate. Like they have to be doing almost intervals. Uh, like your Ironman athlete is just so strong there. The the wattage, the speed is so high. So right. so all that to say it. it, it well let's stick on it's not that and it's not um
0: so we are using an external metric like power or power. if you don't have power it's using a course that you've done before.
1: Yeah and that's I, I love that example you know I say you know people often I forget you know intervals on flat you know time trials is a, an actual cycling discipline and we all know there's the 40 kilometer time trial and you know if you pick a, a nice flat route for that so it is route dependent and probably you want to do the same route if you're going to use speed or distance to measure this as you're your outcome or your output your external measure how fast can you cover the 40 kilometers to this you know to your friend's house or how fast can you climb the biggest hill in town and almost i I almost don't care what the duration of the hill is if you can tell me the local hill and then go and do it faster next month um, that's a pretty good start as far as testing right and you've most people have done strava And they have a pretty good idea about like KOMs and then this sort of stuff. That's essentially is testing. You just have to be careful as with any test uh, because there's going to be things that affect that. Right now it just started snowing outside and we have the little time trial route here by Molly's parents. Uh, You know, and I can do it, you know, 16 minutes. But I imagine today with the roads being icy and me having to be more bundled up and, you know, it's colder outside, then this would affect that time trial Uh, time for that distance the power might might be similar it depends right so this is where it gets a little tricky Um, but all that to say you need to have something that's held constant between your tests and that's why when we're talking about tests a lot of times the gold standard is something in a laboratory with a super highly calibrated bike um, or and super calibrated equipment you know your vo2s your lactates and these things that we can try and hold stable across you know, all of this, you know, ac- across time, I guess, across repetitions.
0: Right. Okay. So what's like the typical duration of a test? We talked about sort of how you would, te- well, that wasn't quite how you would test, but that's where you would test Yeah. I mean, the I metric guess. with which you would test. Right. But what is a, what is your traditional testing as far as time goes?
1: Well, there's lots, I guess. I guess what I see most people doing, you know, the 20 minute in cycling is a big one. The 5K and 10K in running is a big one. Um, A lot of the the ramp tests, you know, so our step test has come into popularity. Zwift uses a a ramp test. So you sort of start really, really easy and it goes up. I don't know what it goes up, but, you know, say every three minutes, it goes up 20 or 30 watts uh, until you can't do it anymore. Uh, And then I think they multiply that one by... Uh, 75% or something and then you get your threshold uh, to make your zones off of. Um, so that step test is a good one. I don't use them as much because I really prefer to see the time trial because I feel like that's more like racing for most people. But you do want to ask, you know, who are you and what are you trying to do? Uh, if you're a track cyclist, then you would know there's you know probably one ks or four ks or whatever the duration is uh, for distance on the track, and you'd probably test those, and you'd probably test sprint powers and things like that too. Uh, but for most you know cyclists, you know the twenty is going to be their big one. Um, you see fives and threes and thirties, and you know, again the forty kilometer TT in there too. Um, but then yeah, in the labs you'd see those ramp tests where they do that same ramp test I described for Zwift. Uh, but they'd add something like VO2 max, or they'd add, uh, or sorry, like gas exchange, like a VO2 machine, uh, or they'd add lactate, or they'd add muscle oxygenation. So it can get really complicated, I guess.
0: Right. And we should probably also back it up and say, why test? Because you sort of gave the reasons why people want to test right now. New year, done a couple of weeks of work, want to see where they're at. But from a coaching perspective. Why do you want athletes to test?
1: Probably from a coaching and an athlete perspective, I guess. But like the coach wants to know um you know, are are you getting you almost want to prove that the workouts you're putting in are are working, right? So uh I think testing is good. I came from you know, with working with Steve Neal growing up. You know, we tested a fair bit. He was really big into lactate and he was always testing different stuff. So we did a lot of tests and Uh, You know, testing is not going to guarantee performance. Uh, You know, we we sort of have these aspects. There's health, there's fitness and there's performance. So fitness for a task is one thing. And that's where choosing the right test, you want to have a test that indicates that you might do better in that performance. But showing up on the day and doing the thing in front of a bunch of people, that's performance. So we always had, you know, people who would test, you know, really, really well. They could just nail you know a VO2 max test or a CP20 test and then they would they would not be very good <laughs> at racing you know they'd get really nervous or they couldn't steer their bike around trees or couldn't deal with the start or whatever right um so again it was the test not calibrated possibly um you know using a ramp test that goes you know from really gradually easy all the way up to hard doesn't necessarily reflect you know a mountain bike race that goes <laughs> a thousand you know right off the sort of the reverse yeah, ramp test yeah. really uh did i get off track there so yeah the t- the coach wants to should know want to know is the are the workouts going how is the athlete responding it's not even that the workouts are wrong sometimes we respond in different ways right so one athlete might you know just get worse or, or get really tired and need more recovery um off of a set of you know a month of work and then another one might do really really well uh, and maybe you just keep doing it with them and then the athlete that didn't do as well you'd have to make a decision right and so this is what you're hoping is that you can get some intelligence to or, or some information to make a decision and that's where i always hesitate with some tests is, is am i getting more information that we can use to to guide the next phase of training or not Uh, That's what you're hoping for the athlete. I think there's a few things they want to know if they're getting better and they want to, you know, go after it. I think also for athletes that don't race a lot, I think it's almost like a race for them in some ways. You know, they're showing up, they're a little nervous and then they're going hard. Right. We're going to that in some cases, 10 out of 10 effort. Uh, that maybe they're not getting a lot. And I I think we probably want to do that periodically, uh, especially if we're not racing a lot.
0: And I think that's that sports psychology side of the why. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, We, uh, yeah, those of us who who don't race a lot kind of do need those tests and we need to almost treat them like races in order to get out the pre-race jitters and to have that start line vibe. I would say I actually was lacking that a little bit by the end of last year and I think it definitely did not help me to (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's like a weird balance of going to the start line and feeling a little too calm or feeling just the you know a little too hyped up there's sort of that middle ground of just hyped up enough and I think testing lets you kind of dial in what that uh, intensity level is
1: probably yeah and i know for most people you know you know if you're someone who gets really amped up and is like looking back and things and trying to figure out you know the exact you know i think you're you're getting too excited about this
0: arousal that's the word the i was inver- like what's yeah. the sexy word that sexy. i'm trying to think the of inverted us arousal yeah
1: <laughs> yeah exactly and so you're probably too far to the right so you're starting to see declining performance because you're over aroused um oh yeah we've all had that problem <laughs> <laughs> 2023
0: uh, resolution make this show sexier okay we're there on. um
1: whereas you could have you know on the left side of this curve where the the Rainbow, if you're picturing this, where it's going up. This is your person who's like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't care. And I'm listening to like mellow music and I'm not like that excited for this race. Maybe you're bored because you're so good, um, you know, so much better than the people who are racing. So you're you're under, you're not, you're not scared at all of the race. You're not excited at all for the race. And this is where you just sort of like, yeah, what's the point, right? So we want to be in the middle, the peak of the rainbow. Uh, for arousal and so this is the challenge with Tessa and the the great thing about Tessa is you get to see how you do it and work on that pre-performance routine right what do you eat what do you how do you you know get amped up or or wind you know if you have to be unamped you know maybe for you it is the you know James Blunt you know something really depressing you know music and, and away you go.
0: I think actually what you just said there, too, is the practical element of the pre-race meal and pre-race routine and what you're wearing and all that kind of stuff. I think testing is a great chance to play with what the fuel is, how far out you're eating, all that kind of stuff. So it really lets you game play race day a lot better than pretty much anything else can do.
1: And sometimes I try and I don't like when this happens, but it does happen. Um, You know, if someone's not really into testing and they don't want to do it or they skip it or they move it or they, you know, whatever. Again, it's all just information. It's not good or bad. It means that we have to do something in the next block to make you more comfortable. So there's lots of different intervals that I think make a 20 minute effort or whatever you're going to test more approachable you know, you, you know, I'm sort of fond of, okay, 20 minutes, you're going to ride at tempo pace in week one, 20 minutes, you're going to ride at sweet, po- sweet spot, you know, in the next one, three, and then the third week, you're going to do this at threshold. And then the next one, oh, it's a test, uh, you know, and, and so you sort of can slow boil someone into it sometimes. Some of the 30-30 intervals, people get used to, you know, feeling like the, the sensation of drowning a little bit when you're sort of like on and off, and then the 20 minutes, not so bad, because you never really go over that limit too much um so yeah there's lots of ways right and so I guess the point of that is that if you're someone who just can't even I think that's good information because I can't imagine that the race day goes a lot better yeah and it's great to figure that out in January rather than July so we can work on it
0: and you've written about this too as that gradual exposure concept um and I liked your. You were talking about this when we were running the other day. You were talking about eight out of ten. So instead of going into testing, thinking that it has to be ten out of ten. Well, I think
1: this is my 2023 trick. So if a clients are listening, put your earmuffs on. Um, yeah, I just put eight out of ten CP20, you know, CP20 time trial, whatever the test is, and you know, I say ease into it. And this is an eight out of ten. You should have something left at the end. Leave leave some fuel in the tank. Uh, like I repeat, this is not a maximal, and most people seem to do it
0: for whatever reason i actually completely understand how that feels just better it takes the pressure off of the perfect performance because when you say 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. there is there is like a performance anxiety 8 out of 10 you're like okay i don't need to i don't need to give this my 100% like i'm not supposed to and i think you
1: still end up most of the time giving it your 100% <laughs> most people i have to be ask again so this was a 10 out of 10 not an, yeah, yeah, I went really hard. Okay, okay. And usually what happens is you start a little conservative, you think, but then after 10 minutes or halfway or when you can see the finish line, you're actually working quite vigorously to hold on to that eight out of 10 pace. When we're early in the effort, it often seems easy. You've probably felt this, you know, if you've ever done like a seven hour ride and you start out at an endurance pace, you feel great. But to hold that same, whatever your endurance power or heart rate is, you know, it's a little more uncomfortable come hour six or seven or five. For me, it's like hour three. And <laughs> OK, I'm ready to go home.
0: thought it was over 90 minutes for you.
1: Well, no, 90 minutes I'm rock solid. And then it's like somewhere in two hours. I'm like, ah. <laughs> I don't like bikes anymore. Uh, Yeah, so that's that's eight out of 10. Yeah, I think that's it's uh, a good, good way to do it.
0: OK, so that's the what the why we've touched on the how. Do you have anything to add to the how as far as we've either talked about doing it by power based on, you know, your, well, this your- gets to
1: like, well, what equipment do you have? <laughs> right. If, you know, if you have lots of stuff, then you use lots of stuff, I guess. Um, your how, so yeah, I mean, ideally, you know, what is ideal? It would be with a good power meter. Um, that's accurate. Uh, that you can test on a good route Uh, I I really prefer outdoors versus a trainer but I mean a trainer has the benefit of being pretty repeatable you know there's no traffic lights or weather issues or you know any of these variables you can be very so you could say in some ways it's a more I don't know if you'd say accurate I always get confused about the uh, validity and all these words Um, but the idea that you know it's pretty much the same every time what I don't like about it is I I I don't like to, you know, I think that's where you have the mistake of someone might underperform, have a bad performance or less performance than you think uh, based on their inside test. Or in my case, like my indoor tests are very poor versus outdoors, um, which I think is probably information. Uh, It probably reflects my poor, you know, seated power and and hip strength. Um,
0: But I think there's also something to be said for your goals there. And as we always talk about, like, what are your goals? how, How much
1: am I standing in a mountain bike? cross-country race like you know between descending and and just really hard climbing right well
0: and yeah i was gonna say like if someone is a gravel racer for example your indoor power might not be super indicative of how you're gonna go in a more technical race definitely definitely with mountain biking but even with gravel yeah
1: probably your long distance gravel that might be a good indication whether it you know, as the gravel race gets longer and longer, you might want to look at something other than 20 as, as well. Um, probably you'd want to look still at a 20 or 30 or a 40 kilometer TT or something, right. To get an idea of that threshold. Um, but yeah, I think indoors is probably good. It is not, again, this isn't even for most people, it's not an either, or you, you might not like to go that hard outside for a safety reason, you might not have routes near you that are uh, like roads or or whatever you know a hill near you that's twenty minutes long or a, a nice time trial route uh, where you can really wind it up. I will say most people are not going to move that fast, uh, you know, when they're outdoors. So I think it's worth trying or at least comparing. But all that said, it's it's what you have. You know, do you have a bike with a power meter outside? Do you have a route outside? Do you have a trainer with power indoors? Um, and then that's where you would test, and then you can decide if you like the ramp test, swiftwise. You can do it that way. Like part of the thing is just having a, a carrot for you to to see yourself improve, really, right? To get you through the winter. Um, and then the other piece is whether it indicates your your race results, which is a trickier thing to answer.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got the who, everyone, what what it is, why. I'm just
1: thinking, did I explain why, like outdoors you need to look around and paddle and shift and and like stay, you know, I think, just think that that's a better indicator. I don't know if that's, so that's my opinion anyhow, but I don't know if I ever went down and, and ex- actually said that out loud. Okay. Well, there yeah. we go. Uh, <laughs> if
0: you can go outside, go outside. If you can't, indoor is absolutely valid and completely reasonable. Um, okay. And then what else do we have? When I think is really the mm-hmm. only mm-hmm. other...
1: And you could do this in a few ways, right? I think I probably test more than most people, but I don't know. I don't know. You'll see anything from like once a block um, and not every block in the year. You know, obviously when you're just getting back into training, you don't necessarily need to do one. Some coaches are really insistent that you have to be, you know, really recovered and, you know, only one effort per day and all this. And, And I find that that's, I just don't know if you'd ever get it done that often, Um, and, and it just strikes me as it needs to be this like perfect, you know, this now we're getting into these like perfect workouts that we're trying to attain. Uh, but I, I see what they're saying. Um, so a lot of times we'll just do it in a rest week. You know, you're pretty recovered. Uh, sometimes with the nervous athletes, I'll do it just in a, in the block and I'll say, well, you're tired in this one. So we're just going to see what you can do. And again, that can be a, a tricky sort of eight out of 10 way to do it, um, as well, just to get one done and what else do we do it you know you probably as races start coming in you're doing it less right because again right. We, you know we can always I like that phrase you, you, you go into the well you can only go to the well so many times and you need to be careful uh with that uh, i think that's like an old running uh, phrase right um so yeah during race seasons it's harder and you probably want to be training when you can train um, right, right. And I should say, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, you've recovered for the, say you recover Monday to Friday, just easier workouts. Saturday, you do a 20 minute test. There's nothing to say you couldn't start back into training, you know, even with other intervals after that. Sometimes I'll do like a 20 and then get in a couple, you know, say threes uh, based off of that test, because that's probably the best time to do it, right? Um, so maybe you do a couple three minute intervals around that CP21 or just higher um just to feel it out uh and this is more for an advanced athlete obviously that the 20 wouldn't be you know necessarily enough load uh for their day and and then yeah sorry you could get training so you could do like ride you know certainly that Saturday Sunday and get back onto it um so sometimes that's missed too that we again make them too precious um especially afterwards so that's I guess when 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 else I've been trying to think is there other like when you wouldn't
0: well, you wouldn't test if you're sick. I think that's probably like a oh, a fair point here.
1: True, and that's a great one. That happens a lot where we get into that rest week, and uh, you know, either someone's really tired, and so I usually try and put in our rest weeks that you know this is primarily you know the main focus is, is recovering. So we don't want to put someone into you know really you know either make them really sad uh, or demotivated, or we don't want to you know give them more load when they don't need to so at first you want to make sure that you're recovering and along with that is then the you're right the the illness which i don't know i don't know if it, they pop up more during rest week but i don't know if it's that phenomenon where you get home the
0: vacation
1: yeah maybe a little so yeah if, if you end up sick in a rest week definitely none of this you know really intense testing it's not you know that's just no intense workouts you know when you're sick that, that's yeah. a, i think a no-brainer
0: Okay, and then a couple kind of rapid fire we'll say., uh, what should you listen to during a test? I mean, you know, we're we're so used to the trainer with like our eighteen screens. Uh, even outside, we have headphones, all that kind of stuff. Um, are you an advocate of the quiet test, or is music okay, or where do you fall? I'm I like the idea of music, but I also completely recognize that race day, I'm not gonna have music. So I think probably, a no uh, input test is the best.
1: Yeah, I, I think probably either is fine. I mean, I think it depends so much. Yeah, I don't know. I think if I was indoors, I, I can't say that I would not listen to music. So I think if indoors, probably. It's probably worth having control of these things, though, too. And sometimes doing it, sometimes not, or just for parts of it, you know, maybe for your warm up. Uh, it is and then you know maybe even like in the last 10 minutes of that test you know it's full focus and listening to your breathing and experiencing your breathing because there is that that benefit of just hearing yourself you know (laughs) hurting uh, I think is is worth getting used to Uh, and sometimes the music especially the earbuds uh, might might mask that a bit uh, so we want to be careful that we're getting that benefit, but I, I can't say, you know, I don't want to prescribe to someone something that I wouldn't necessarily do. And I would probably be listening to music. I'm trying to think. The I last... would
0: say outdoors. I think it's best to do them silent though.
1: Well, and certainly, so here's, I could give you a more definite, if, if this was, we didn't talk about like mountain bike tests. So you could certainly have like a mountain bike time trial route, um, I was saying there was, seemed like there was this local. I was looking on trail forks at the routes people had ridden, and this one person seemed to have ridden like every month. They seemed to do this around the lake uh, loop that Molly and I ran. Uh, he was doing it on his bike, it seemed like every month <laughs> for quite some time. And you could see it would be like one 127, 132, 130.
0: Um. Now, mountain bike routes also do have the caveat of. Number one, just trail conditions are going to change how fast or slow you're going. And then number two, uh, while it's a good test and like adds an element to it, your technical ability on a loop is going to improve every time you do it just because now you know exactly what's coming. So while it's a really cool thing to do, I I really like the idea. It also isn't going to be quite the same because you have too many other different inputs that are kind of adding to the equation for
1: sure and this is something we probably do more seasonally than you might do uh you know every year i compare myself on the around the lake loop uh here uh just to see but yeah it's so i mean the chances that it's not going to be muddy or really dry or hero dirt or whatever Uh, but i think it's worth doing things like that for mountain bikers and again this might just be more even in training we're doing our time trial loops but this is that idea that training is testing and testing is, is, is training, you know, you know, it goes both ways. There is a de- delineation there somewhere. Um, but I, I think the the thing that you could be doing a four by eight time trial and, and testing some of this stuff, you know, strategies, lines, equipment, uh, you know, any fueling, whatever. Um, I, I think there's an element of testing there. The other thing that I think you know, maybe on the East Coast, we don't see as much, but certainly we have at home is, you know, if you can get a good mountain bike climb, maybe we call this a gravel climb, but, you know, maybe it's a mountain bike climb. It's pretty repeatable uh, on your mountain bike. But again, you're on your mountain bike. Now you're running into some traction. Maybe there's a little more undulation in the hill. Um, I, I think that's a pretty good, certainly at home, that's what I use Is our local big gravel climb is, you know, it's probably a good, honest 10 minutes, but you know, if you push it a bit over the top, it rolls a little bit and you can get, you know, 16. And if you're willing to ride on flat, you know, I can get a 20 out of it. Um, So again, I I think you can make that a mountain bike one too, if if you wanted to. Um, Sorry, we sort of went off a mountain bike there. I've taken you away.
0: Well, that's all right. Uh, The next question after the, what to listen to there. um, What do you do when a test is going poorly? And you're halfway through
1: Well, you finish it, uh, I think, uh, you know, there's probably exceptions, you know, if there's blood or, or something like that. Uh, maybe you don't. But yeah, I think that's good experience. That's good learning. And sometimes, you know, we need to be careful because power meters are going to be off. Certainly trainers are going to be off. Um, there's lots of different things that can go wrong. Just like in a race, you're going to think you're going to have the best race of your life and you're going to be just in survival mode. Uh, And I think it's it's good practice to finish them. So I always say just, you know, go back down to tempo and recover for a bit. And then, you know, it's not, you know, not rare that in the last, you know, you can see the finish line the last five minutes and you can start bumping it up again. It's that learning of, okay, I took a break for a minute. when I say a break, usually it doesn't mean like sitting there, but, you know, back it off to endurance pace or, or tempo pace. and and let yourself recover often you've just dipped it you've started too aggressively and you need to dip it recover and then you can ramp it back up as you can see that finish line and that's great learning because that's how races are especially mountain biking you know you go too deep trying to keep up on the first line you could abandon or you just take five minutes breathe fuel water and then build back into it
0: yeah, well, I think there's a lot of people who will abandon a test, say, like five minutes, 10 minutes in, and say, Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, no, no, like, no makeups. No makeups. Uh, because, I mean, that's like, think about you're in, you know, big sugars. Like, you don't get to make up the race the next day if you abandon it. If you're like, you're like, Oh, this isn't my day. It's okay. I'm just going to do the race again tomorrow. Like that's, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. not an option.
1: No. And again, I think it's information. I think it's worth, you know, even if it was 20 minutes and I, the last 10 minutes were at endurance pace, that's still an average for 20 minutes. You know, it's not going to be nearly your best, I'm sure. Uh, but I think we want to make sure that you are finishing that, you know, getting yourself to the finish line and then we can, you know, okay, well, what, what needs to be adjusted? Is it a bit more recovery or, you know, whatever, you know, again, information. And then in a little while, we can go again. But again, there's no point in driving yourself to that almost point of failure, back-to-back days, certainly. That's not, that's not the idea.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then last question here. I'm going to do my best to sort of read it, actually. Uh, so trying to wrap... This person's trying to wrap their head around it, what kind of effort to do, what watt target they should have, what should they be aiming for? Uh, you know, particularly if someone hasn't done a CP twenty, say, in quite a while. So how do you figure out what your goal should
1: even be? hmm And this is where I think that eight out of ten, you just start that endurance pace, if that's what you're used to doing. And, you know, it's almost like a mini ramp test. You could just start your timer and then every minute go a little bit more and a little bit more. And then when it feels good, you know, hold there. And when you can see the finish line, finish it off. And then you'll have an average at the end of the 20 minutes and then train for a month, come back. And and now you have a a basis, something to triangulate off of. Uh, I think that's normal when people start training or resume training. They just don't have a good sense. A lot of times when I get these questions, though, I look at the two weeks before and a lot of times there is some sort of intensity, and and it does usually, you know, you did sweet spot, okay, that was one forty. I would start then if you don't know, start at one forty, and you know when it feels like you can finish the test, finish the test a little harder, maybe. Uh, I, I think that's good. It's for me to tell you the watts, like that would defeat, you know, the point is to see, you know, what you what you do.
0: Yeah, and I mean, there's sort of the the thing here is if you say a wattage then maybe the person could have gone over that.
1: Almost certainly, yeah.
0: Or or maybe that one is actually, like now they're stressed about it and now it's too much. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's it's such a hard one to actually call what it should be. And I think, I actually was laughing, I was doing a call today to talk about tempo zones uh, with a couple of the guys from Garmin and uh, First Beat. And we we're kind of laughing that every... Every master's guy pretty much will tell you that their threshold is 250, like apropos of absolutely nothing, Um, because I think we do have these numbers in our heads. And I would say for me, it's, you know, oh, I want it to be over 200 and I would have a really hard time right now testing and trying to like if I was getting under that, I would have a really hard time, which I probably would because I haven't really been riding my bike all that much lately, Mm -hmm. Um,
1: which is a great point. Uh, to think a bit about that and give yourself a bit of a break. You know, there's no free lunches. You don't achieve this FTP or whatever you're testing. You don't achieve this VO2 and then get to keep it. Uh, you know, if it's the off season, if you haven't been training intensely, you probably want to scale it down. Uh, you know, that's that's <laughs> the way things work, um, which yes. is sad. But that's also again why we test. If we knew the number. You know, if, if you had achieved it, then we'd know it. We wouldn't have to do it again.
0: Yeah. And I'd say if you're coming back to testing, like in the case of this question, it probably does make sense to keep more of an eye on your heart rate uh, and actually like be paying attention to what, you know, what zone you're in and trying to keep it in that threshold zone and not trying to kind of kick it up past it or just being aware when you are starting to creep up past it. Because you if you don't know what your power is going to be, you almost have to look a little more internally to get that sense especially you know for me i find the eight out of ten effort or any of those like kind of difficult to figure out for a 20 minute effort right like i can tell you what feels hard yeah right this second the
1: numbers are hard i mean that's the major criticism i think of rpe uh but you know what i think about when i think about moderate moderate means you are 100 percent confident in finishing right maximum you know you could overdo it and not finish right you, you could go over the limit uh so I, I like to see that you could finish you could go faster uh you know we always want to assess that so that's how i think about eight to ten is just you know start at a pace that you can see th- that you would finish for sure and then ramp it up as you can triangulate so f- you know five minutes in and then I, I would say usually around 11 or 12 minutes i'm more confident it's usually that hump Uh, of getting halfway and Mm -hmm. that's everyone spends all their energy and focus in the first bit but I would say actually you want to be a little less focused a little more broad that's where the music that's where I when I was sort of pondering your music question I was like maybe you know just enjoy it pedal away breathe relax your shoulders get some water and then as you get into that last you know you get over 10 11 12 minutes you can see the finish line that's when I think the music maybe goes off and it's full out work time
0: And I think being aware that minutes four to thirteen are the
1: worst—that's my argument. Well, that's it, and everyone's going to have their number. I know some people, you know, it's it's longer. I think the more experienced you get in the test, probably the longer out you can be from it and know that you're on pace, um, that you can work that hard. What I see a lot of times is it's sub, you know, sub what they probably are going to average, right? If that makes sense, and then in the last three two one minutes maybe it's just this massive spike attack whereas a really good person is going to go a little hard to start settling just below undulate 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 and then you know maybe ramp just a bit towards the end so they're going to really ride that average um but that again that person's probably done this is you know these are my time trialists who have done hundreds of different you know time trial efforts so they know that pace you know they right, can do it right. without even looking. They do it without even looking. hmm Yeah.
0: Perfect. Uh, anything else you can think of regarding testing?
1: Uh, I did have one other thing, and I'm blanking on it. Um,
0: well, we have several articles uh, that we'll link to in the show notes that uh, have all of our testing best tips and tricks and all of that stuff, a lot of what we talked about, a lot of the more practical stuff in terms of setting up all your devices and all that fun stuff, troubleshooting your heart rate monitors uh, et cetera, et cetera.
1: I guess that was the one caveat at the end of the article there is it definitely when you're doing testing, the one thing is just definitely making sure you have stuff that's calibrated and, and trying to eliminate sources of error as much as you can. Again, with the outdoor stuff, there's going to be that uh, sort of, you know, weather and conditions and, you know, the clothes you're wearing, the bike setup, uh, but just trying to normalize that as, as best you can, uh, wherever you are and which, whatever you're doing, um, you know, is going to make it a little better. But I think always acknowledging that the the there's a plus minus on these results that you're getting.
0: That's actually probably a really good caveat to end on. Like if you're five watts lower than you were last month, like that's nothing.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, I wouldn't stress a ton on that. Um, and certainly during the test, that's where we start like berating ourselves with negative self-talk is, you know, you're five watts under or or whatever. And that's even if you're a lot more watts under, I, you know, you want to be careful with how you're speaking to yourself because that's part of performance is trying to like keep yourself motivated. Uh, but certainly, you want to be a little, you know, skeptical of, of it. Always has to be better, and it always has to be uh you know or, or that it will there's you know it's perfect like a watt is always a watt i think is what it says on the article like that's not true like there's definitely right, right. variables sorry the other thing the other piece then related to sources of various temperature especially indoors but even outdoors again a watt is not always a watt if it's 40 or 50 degrees celsius which is what 100 110 very hot <laughs> and you're testing outside like that but indoors i see this even more you know, it, it's 25 degrees in a house with no airflow, like maybe one tiny fan, and then you are going to ramp it up and work as hard as you can for 20 minutes. The, the perceived exertion is going to be so high that, you know, the performance is going to be lower. The watts are going to be lower. So the more you can cool that environment, so ice packs, ice water, you know, ideally getting the actual ambient temperature down with a window and the thermostat, but uh, you definitely want to think about that the environment and controlling it, which is an advantage indoors. If 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 you do it, if you can do it, um, control what you can. So certainly, that's a a a big thing to consider. And I think for some clients, it's it's actually neat to see, you know, they can see improvement without you know necessarily even training more. It's just manipulating the environment, which is sort of neat if you can play with those variables.
0: Perfect, okay, well, head over to the show notes to get all of our links to all the articles we've done on testing. If you want to talk about your testing, talk that through. Uh, there's also links to book a consult so you can chat about your latest results, chat about what your what your number should be, even though Peter definitely won't tell you.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I can help you, but yeah, you're going you're to have to prove it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want him to be on the phone while you do the test, just yelling I do at you. Too. I was actually do that.
1: pondering that the other day. So yeah, maybe that's a service we can trial. <laughs>
0: there you go. All right. Head to the show notes over at consummateathlete.com. If you love this episode, definitely leave us a rating and review. We really, really, really appreciate it uh shout out to the person who said that they enjoy listening to this because they like hearing how a married couple respectfully fights I was like oh she should hear the episodes we delete (laughs) Um, thank you so much for that one I loved that I love reading them uh so yeah all right with that said have an excellent week and if you are testing this week good luck crush it all right we'll see you next time thanks so much for tuning in to the consummate athlete podcast If you wanna hear more training, racing, and endurance sport advice, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at consummateathlete.com for a weekly dose of inspiration and advice straight to your inbox.